Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. I can't thank you enough for last year, 2022. What a big year it was. We grew phenomenally. We made the Spotify uh, podcast charts, which was amazing. Finally, we got there, Braden. I don't know how, why it took so long. Starting to question ourselves, but thank you guys for all your support. If you are new here, please give us a like and subscribe. And if you've come back, as I always say, I love you now. Um, Big part of this year is going to be talking to a range of different sports like we always do, but also we want to incorporate some more female sports and probably one of the (laughs) hardest podcasts to jag has been this lovely lady here because she is so busy and (laughs) so highly regarded in her field, but I'm very happy to finally have Collingwood AFLW player Sabrina Fredericks on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Is that embarrassing? It is embarrassing. (laughs) This is a long time coming, but I'm like... If I'm going to do it, I want to make sure I'm here, I'm <laughs> present, I'm not busy. I do have a lot on. All my friends would laugh because I am really hard to get hold of. But once you have me, I'm fully here. Yeah, well, to be so. fair, in your defense, you were about to become a parent. Yes, so, yes. So your partner was pregnant. So it was yeah. kind of like, yeah, I mean, it was a legitimate excuse. I was yeah. like, I can't really curb that. And it's like, fuck, I actually have to wait like nine months. No. Yeah, 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 actually. <laughs> Maybe even a bit longer because those initial weeks after, you need the support as well. But, yeah. Good uh, to be here anyway. Yeah, good to be How are you anyway? How's life? Very good. Good, very busy, but I love it that way. Um, football, family, business, yeah, like lots going on. What do you love what do, what do you, what do you do in business? Yeah, well, at the moment, um, long story, but me and my brother in in business, we've been doing a lot of marketing separately for so long. We're intertwined in the space. Um, my background's that his is in web analytics um, wow. and production, so kind of got to a point where we're like, we're doing our own thing, like why don't we just come together? And I know lots of people say don't get into business with family, but um, I think we did a lot of our fighting in the younger ages. Oh, yes. That's nice and calm. <laughs> it's very calm now. <laughs> and um, we've got over our immaturity. And um, so, yeah, now we're business partners. And um, it's it's actually a really cool thing to share it with a family member. So oh. we're in that space now. We're probably six months in in terms of being combined. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's good. So a business is outsourcing you and your brother to come in and like create marketing strategies or yes. help promote their work. Yeah. So we, I mean, we kind of, we're focusing on sort of mid to upper tier, um, businesses, but like we're open to speaking to anyone. Wow. Um, but we, you know, my brother, he's worked for Lexus grilled, like he's worked with on really big campaigns. Um, and so for us, it's sort of just, how can we, how can we provide that high level service, but give it to the people that may not have the budget like Alexis, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. can sort of afford. So it's, we're trying to bridge the gap there. Um, and like, I'm a huge people person too. So the more conversations I have with people, I love it. So I sort of say I'm more of like the, the people relations, client relations person. I love yeah. a good chat. Um, whereas my brother's more of like the technical, 
um, in the background, which is nice because it, it works. Yeah, you keep me guessing, Rad. You just do so <laughs> many different things. It's good though. I, I love like, I'm it. Because so, I always wonder with the AFLW, and obviously you're quite a high-profile player and we'll, we'll go into that, but mm. the challenge is the seasons are really short. Yeah. Um, well, right now anyway. Well, I think yeah. they're like 10 rounds yeah, if you don't are. make finals or whatever. So yeah. um, that a leaves a lot small, of time yeah. to do stuff. I mean, it's, it's such a weird one because with AFLW, I mean, as an athlete, you're expected to be performing – keep your body in check all year round. So I think as a whole, you're an, you're a full-time athlete because you can't really let yourself go. <laughs> um, but in terms of like mental bandwidth, you can't always be focusing on football when we're only playing Correct. 10 games. And I'm sure clubs would love for us to be thinking about that all mm. year round, but it's definitely not at a point where um, I personally think it's worth it at the moment. Mm. Um, and who knows if it will even get to that in my career span. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so, I, think it will, I think it will one day, whether it does yeah, in that time frame. Yeah, who knows? You're, still, you're actually, you're, you've played for so long, but I thought you were yeah. older than what you were. I think, well, I started when what, I was what 18. Are you? 20, I'm 26. Yeah, that, that fried my brain when I saw yeah. that the other day. I was like, because yeah. oh, I've known you for a couple of years. I'm like, I mm. thought you were like my age. Yeah, well, because I started so early, I yeah. think- and because I think also when I started at Brisbane, um, I was sort of thrown into that like face of the club thing mm. at such a young age. Like looking back now, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Like I thought I knew everything, like every 18, 19 year old thinks, but yeah. there was so much to learn. And um, I, I, in a weird way, it was kind of nice to to start so young because I feel like now when I'm 26, I feel like I know myself so well. I know mm. what works for me, what doesn't. I feel like I'm actually now like coming into my, my, my I guess my prime years of knowing how to operate, which mm. is kind of nice because I feel like the best is to come. Like mm. I can't wait for the next few seasons personally awesome. rather than the past. Yeah. That's like, awesome. Yeah. That means you're, you're kind of like got a 35-year-old head in a 26-year-old body for, yeah. from an AFL. Like when you start to know your body, especially yeah. at that age and like yeah. what it needs, Yeah, that's like that takes people like 10 years. Yeah, it which does. Which is crazy. Especially it's hard in elite sport too because normally you don't even get that long. Yeah. Like well, clubs yeah, The don't... average is, I can imagine, I think the average in AFL is four years. Yeah. Like AFLW will probably be less. Exactly. Maybe. And it's, yeah, it's tough. I think I've been in a unique circumstance that I've always had that real reality of, you know, this could end tomorrow. So let's make the most of it now, but also like, how can I make an impact here and now that it leaves a good mark when I'm gone with the game? So mm. sort of leaving a legacy. Like for me, it's like, yes, I'm playing football and I love the sport so much, but it's very much foundational stuff for the long term for the game because you know, I have a daughter now. Like if she wanted to be a professional footballer, I'm thinking more about that than I am about myself in the sport. And I think that's just knowing where I am, like time and a place right now, mm. if that makes sense. Correct, yeah. Do you feel like with a lot of the <laughs> AFLW plays on that sort of mindset where it's it seems like with AFLW plays because of where the game was at and where it's going where it is now and where it's mm, going, mm. it seems like more of a movement. Like everyone's playing a bit more of an unselfish role yeah. to grow the games in order for the future to get bigger. Whereas obviously in the AFL, you're completely selfish because yeah. the business could spin you out and chuck you out straight away. Yeah. Whereas you guys like building something for <clears throat> you know girls of the future. Does Especially, it does it feel like that? Yeah, I think mainly for probably the ones around my age and older. I think if you are 18, 19 like full-time football is going to be, is definitely probably going to be in your career span. So I think it's, there's definitely a mindset between 
the players around my age and up where it's like, yeah, we may not get there, um, but like, let's make the most of it now and let's make sure that the foundations, like things like CBA and, and resourcing and all that sort of stuff is really ingrained early on and, and no mistakes are made at the beginning. So then these players can benefit. And it is hard because we're all so competitive. Like, mm. of course, we would love to be yeah. paid full time to <clears throat> compete at a high level right now. Mm. Like, I'm sure a majority of us would rather be focusing on just the sport like, the men, like the men do. Um, but I think we also have that reality and, and realistic mentality on knowing that it's just not the right time right now and um and we have to make the, the sport better and, and make sure that whoever's coming through doesn't have to go through what we went through they can just focus on their craft and they can just get better at the game and they don't have to worry about you know if a trainer's going to turn up to mm. treat them if that makes sense correct yeah well i mean that i think also with that when you get full commitment the performance of the game oh. goes up tremendously mm. like if the men played only 10 games a year we wouldn't have the quality that we see today like do you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean yeah I also think how do you how do you because you mentioned that obviously you can't fully let yourself go yeah but like do you guys do so much training to cover a gap as a team yeah, or do you yeah. have this massive layoff that's reliant on Sabrina to like you got to stay in shape and do it yourself yeah it's it's sort of like well we finished in the November and we probably won't pick up um pre-season till just after Easter so that's oh like five God, months. That's half a year almost. Yeah. But like the clubs is still expect you to check in and, and you know, and also we're competitors. Like we're not going to be like, okay, for five months, we're not going to do anything. No, of course. Because that actually leaves us. In the worst. Exactly. Position. To then start around pre-season. So it's sort of like you're, you have to be internally motivated to like keep yourself in chase. It's sort of like. Olympians in a way. There are some Olympians that get paid next to nothing to compete every four years and they have to internally motivate themselves. Like, yes, I'm sure being an Olympian is like a massive achievement and a massive motivation, but it's it's similar in the sense that there's a period of time where it's sort of up to you. It's your own decision. You don't really have to commit mm. if you don't want to. Um, but I think we always competitors know that we're actually worse off if we treat this part-time, then if – because the clubs, they want us to have our break, but it's like you can't. You yeah, actually, if you break. didn't touch a footy for five months, you'd be terrible. <sighs> yeah, you're a baby at, giraffe when you come back. Exactly. <laughs> so, and you can't do that every single time, you know. So I think it's it's finding that balance, but I find, honestly, it's it's more expectation that I think is our problem at the moment. It's like we're expected to perform at the level that these guys are playing at. But like we're not pulling putting in as much time and effort into our craft. We don't and it's not even to do with the pay. It's just to do with the time on the craft, mm. you know what I mean? So it's um it's an interesting scenario and I hope that it gets weaned out over the next couple of years. But it's um for me right now, it's like football is definitely one of the priorities, but it's definitely not my top priority. Yeah, well, it shouldn't be. Yeah. It's only 10 games a year. Yeah. Like if you don't make finals. <laughs> is that going to change any in the coming like seasons? Is I that, mean, is there like talk about it? I mean, CBA is still being discussed. So <sighs> who, I feel like knows? honestly for me, uh, this is not a joke. When I play <laughs> professional sport, it like my first 10 games were not my best games. Yeah. My yeah. next 10 and yeah. the, the 20 after that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, as soon as you get going, it's like, all right, girls, yeah, You're that's finished. it. Yeah, that's yeah, unfair. Yeah. But I think that that's probably why, like, 
sometimes clubs expect you to come into pre-season in a certain nick because it's almost like we're not using pre-season to, for fitness stuff. We're actually using pre-season to get like high reps of almost game-like mm. because we're almost using that time as if they were a part of a front of end of a season. And it's like, it's, it's a completely different, it's a different approach. And I think that it's, Every club's got their own way of of dealing with it. But I think that as long as the individual athlete is okay with what they're putting in, I think that's the only that's the main thing. Because at the moment it's it's gotta be self-managed. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I've always admired individual athletes because of the things you were saying. Like yeah. even Morgan Mitchell, we we had her on here and she spoke about how she cops a lot of flack mm. for pushing out on her social media, like all her brand partnerships and ambassador oh, stuff and yeah. not as if not, not like on the track. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yo, this yeah, is yeah. how I make money yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like, yeah. I don't make any money. Like I yeah. we have two main competitions, like yeah. com games, Olympic games, maybe world championships. Yeah. And the rest is all like, it's not what yeah. people think it is. Yeah. So people don't, I don't think people quite understand, even with the guys, like I know this is probably quite controversial. Like people think that the guys are earning too much money. But if you look in the whole scheme of the world sports, like these guys are not earning like nearly as much as what they could be. And I think that might rustle a few feathers, but it's like, you know, sports people across the world are earning millions, Mm. millions, billions of dollars. And it's like, this is my argument. And, Everyone listening, I love <laughs> AFL. This is not an argument. This is a genuine fact. When people yeah. say to me AFL is bigger than soccer, yeah. I'm like, whoever the top five biggest players are on the AFL, whatever yeah. they make, the top five in soccer will make in maybe four hours yeah. of no, the day. Genuinely. Like uh, what they what they make in a year, genuinely. soccer players will make in a day. Yeah. yeah. Like some of them. Yeah. Like that's that's how crazy the difference is. Yeah. And yeah, I know. It's that's what I'm because <laughs> I'm used to that word. I'm like, people are getting like a hundred thousand on an average yeah. a week. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's euros so, or, or pounds. I don't know if it's an Australian thing, but I, I just find like I, I'm not sure. But it's, I'm like at the moment, there's that um, pitting against each other with AFLW and AFL, and it's like, why is there this? Is there this? That, yeah, like is it why? Really? Like this perception of like we're trying to take money from them, and like they should, like AFLW shouldn't exist because we're taking resources from them, and this whole thing, and it's like. Why can't two things coexist? Like yeah. why it why does it have to be us against them? Yeah. It really doesn't. And in honestly, if you speak to the players, they don't feel that way at all. I was gonna say, I've never spoke to anyone on yeah. both sides that have said that. <laughs> but it's very much I I, I from a fan's perspective, um, I think that AFLW clubs and things coming into the competition, I think they think it's going to effectively like negatively negatively affect the right. men's game, but it's it's not like that. It's nah, not so not straightforward. At <laughs> not at all. Yeah, the Matildas. The Matildas is a really good example of that because I I argue that at probably last year mm. they were our best performing national team across mm. all coats. Mm. Like they were I rated what top doing. top two in the world. Now they get the same pay yeah. for the Matildas as the Socceroos do. As soon as yeah. they step foot on, it's like bang, yeah. big bank. Yeah, like it's just crazy because they're so yeah. good. You can't yeah. deny it. Yeah, they've done well. They've done the work. Like mm. if they're getting the eyeballs and they're getting. If they're getting the revenue, it's like they've done the work to to get the pay. Like they that's taken twenty years though. Yeah, like honestly, twenty years. There's players that were they were in the same. Like it takes so much time. Yeah, I um, know. I know. But that's why it gives me hope because I think AFL's like the biggest oh, in the country it, from a sports perspective. Yeah, it, def- it definitely does. But I think it's like that reality of like what I was saying is it might not it might not happen in my career span, and that's okay. Like I'm totally fine as long as it does get there though, mm. because that's for a code that's 
the national game, you need it to be represented absolutely across both. So uh, the, for me, it's like once I'm done with the game, like that's that will be my focus. Whatever impact I have after that is like very much in making sure that the back end is is done properly because right. it needs it needs to be sustainability. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Well, we're gonna we're gonna pick back up the footy chat because we have to go through some of your career. But <laughs> a lot has happened since we've caught up last. You've yes. become a pe- you've become a parent. First time. First time. <laughs> you know what? Twenty six years old in the modern day is quite young for a parent it now is, as well. It is. Like, so yeah. can you talk me through the whole experience of that and yeah. what's changed? I guess in yeah. your life. Like, I mean, I've always wanted to be a young parent, though. It's like from really, really young. Um, I think it's just because I. Like I had not, I didn't have an older parent, but I had, my mum was 32 when she had me Mm. and I just really wanted to be, I think just have the energy for my kids and be that parent that's like not sitting on the bench on their phone, but like is in the playground. And I always had that vision with me and my kids, not saying my mum did that, but I'm just saying I see a lot of parents do that. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be the hands-on parent that actually gets involved and, um, and I wanted to do that quite young. And I and I think there's this perception of like your life stops when you have kids. Mm. Um, and it's, I'm sure it, de- it definitely changes, but I think that it's all your parenting style. Like if you make them a part of your life as opposed to stopping your life for theirs, I think there's a, there's a huge difference. Um, it's the hardest thing. Wow. It's the hardest thing ever, yeah. but it's also the best thing ever. Most rewarding. Like it's like, People probably don't talk about how hard it actually is because you're responsible for. Can you tell a me what is exactly? Yeah, what is? Because you know? I'm fucking horrified. <laughs> yeah, I well, love kids, but I'm horrified of owning one myself. <laughs> well, think about how hard it is to just focus on you to make oh sure God. you survive. I don't even. I can't look after myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I skip breakfast. I'm like, hey, I can't be fucked today. I can't exactly. do that with a kid. Do you know what's funny though? Like with the skipping breakfast, is like you may not feel like you want to eat breakfast, but like they have to eat. They, they need so it. So then grow. all of a sudden it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm not making breakfast for myself, but I'm making them breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I might as well make breakfast for myself um but yeah it's been it's been so challenging but like so so rewarding you you don't realize how much time you waste Mm. and like when you have kids you realize you how to operate just a lot quicker with your time um i think also like it's a good um like it's a good shedder in the sense of there are lots of people around you that you realize don't add value to your life. What when having when you have a kid? Well, I think like it Dude, changes. I would love to have a kid based off that. I think just when you have children, you realize what's important, and you realize like what actually doesn't matter. And mm. I think it it gives you that extra perspective of like there are so many people around me that like just they just like they just they're more takers. They don't right. give anything, right. and you're like I can't be a parent to you. As well. And you, you realize that with, with having kids, it's like, there's a lot of people and scenarios that you get involved in. You're like, I don't actually need to be here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> what the fuck like, am I doing on this show? No, trust me. If I didn't want to be here, I would not. <laughs> I, know, I believe you. I believe you. But like, it's just, there's, yeah, your life changes when you have children because just real life stuff become important. Like yeah. really, like genuinely things like, like this morning, I literally spilt coffee all over me. And I was like, 
I was like, that's so annoying. But I'm like, I can literally just put small clothes on, chuck it in the wash. Mm. But normally that would annoy me. Yeah. But I'm like, it doesn't even matter. Oh my <laughs> and God. like that, that is such a small scenario. That's a win in the But day. like, that is just an example of my mindset change wow. of just having kids of like, they get messy all the time. Yeah. And I don't complain about like just washing their clothes. <laughs> it becomes the norm. It just becomes a norm. So it's been a real positive, like- it's been a real positive for me and my wife having having a little girl and she's just so determined. It's not even funny. Really? Do you, do you, do you see like an athlete brewing oh, already? Definitely. Do you know what I was thinking then? Because yeah. how tall are you? I'm six foot. Six foot? Yeah. Which like in male terms, six foot for a girl is like just yeah. six foot four. Yeah. Like you're, you are so tall. You're taller yeah. than me. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine taking your like oh. daughter to Ozkick and like the other yeah. kids just seeing you roll in? Like, yeah, it's not your daughter's going to be a superstar. It's interesting though because I see parts in her and I'm like, I don't know if you like. She does certain things. And I'm like, I don't know if a team sport would be your thing. <laughs> like, she'll be around really? other kids. Tennis. She'll be <laughs> yeah, tennis. <laughs> she'll be the next Serena Williams. <laughs> no, it's like it's she'll do certain things. Like she'll be your other around other babies, and she'll be like so just determined to do it on her own. And I'm mm. like, I see, I see, like more of a single sport wow, person. That's fascinating. Who knows? She might not even want to do sport. Yeah, she might want to be a leader of a company. Who yeah. knows what she wants to do? But is what your partner's name is? Oh, Lily. Lily. Shout yeah. out Lily because she yeah. she's gone through hell and back. I'm sure oh. with with raising it, and obviously with you playing oh. sport too. It's sometimes the unsung heroes. Hey, she is the uns. I wouldn't even be. Yeah, you wouldn't me be able to play without my wife. You wouldn't be able to play football because, like, for example, like she gave birth to Florence, and two days later I had to fly to Sydney for a practice match. Yeah. Sprained my ankle, came back on crutches, couldn't do anything, and she just had to deal with it. And it's like, <laughs> that is just one small scenario of our whole life together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just had to pick up the slack and she never she never wants the recognition. It's like part of being in a you know, a partnership and a team a teamship, but she's she's a rock, man. Oh man, we Absolute all rock. we all need on, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Have you always been gifted at sport? Have you always um, been naturally talented or have you had to really work hard at it? Because when, like, I think definitely from an athletic point of view, mm. you're superior to a lot of girls on the, on the field, like your yeah. strength, your height, yeah. which is such a huge asset in AFL. But definitely strength was something I had to work on. Like if you actually saw a photo really? of me when you I was so really strong young, on that field. I was always, I've always been tall, but I was a twig. Like I had nothing on me. The, the, I actually didn't start like properly lifting until I got to the AFL. So that was only six years ago because I didn't really have that resource. Like it never was something that I thought was going to happen. So I didn't really have that around me of like, you should be lifting and you should be doing plyometrics and stuff like that. I never really did that. So definitely in terms of the strength component, that was something I had to work on in terms of like, I guess, natural ability. I think I've always been gravitating to sports. Like I've always been able to just throw myself in. I love like the weirdest and wonderful sports. I I love them Give me the weirdest that you love. Oh, just like like darts I love. (laughs) Like lawn bowls. bowls. Is that just because you're competitive, you think, maybe? Yeah. That's I'm probably why. I'm competitive in everything. Yeah, because like, I'm like doing that stuff too, but based off like I have to verse someone. Win. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe if I was doing it by myself, it wouldn't be <laughs> Like not a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> not a Sunday album yeah, by myself. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I've actually like started to like want to get into like pickleball because everyone is doing it. <laughs> what is pickleball? Pickleball is like the, I don't know even know how to pronounce it. Pickleball? Do you know what that is? I th- yeah. yeah what is it? How do you play it? It's like a smaller version of, it's a more attainable version of tennis is how I say. Oh, I think I've seen this. Is that yeah. what it's called? Is yeah. it called paddle? 
No, Jamie Foxx came out with a product, a paddle product for this sport. Oh. So he's like bringing more awareness to what it actually is. What the fuck, man? Where this world's going is so strange. But we should do a game. Yeah, seriously. If I get beaten on it, it's not going on YouTube. (laughs) Which will probably happen. But I've honestly, like I've always loved sports. I did every sport under the sun as a kid, Um, like basketball, cricket, swimming, literally everything, badminton, fencing, karate. Like I did everything. And like, luckily my parents allowed me to do that much. Um, I've always just been really active. Um, But I'd say, yeah, that definitely, I I definitely would have some natural ability. I think my mindset on sport has carried me a long way. Mm. Yeah. I've learned that as an adult. So what, what led you to pursue AFL back when you did? Because, and when Mm. was that point? Because I assume obviously it's more, prestigious now for girls to probably want to go yeah. after it's got more runs on the board it's been around for longer back then it probably yeah. wasn't as big it was very in its infant stages yeah I mean it, I guess it probably stems back to like my my childhood story of you know I was born in the UK moved to Australia started at a new school and didn't know anyone I didn't even know what AFL was like you were I, like seven no or eight idea. at this point yeah right? seven or eight and um starting out at a new school I was always really active. So I was sort of just watching the kids at recess and lunch and sort of trying to figure out how I can insert myself into making friends. And, and a lot of the kids were playing AFL, which at the time I actually thought was rugby. I had no idea. I didn't even know what the sport was. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, how can I make friends? I'll just in, like, just throw myself in. They're like, do you know how to play? I'm like, yep, actually have no idea how to play. I'm just figuring it out on the go. And, Genuinely, from that that day on, I just kept on playing with the kids and and fell in love with the game. Like I really, really enjoyed how, like I love the physicality of it. I love that you can, you know you jump on people's backs. Like <laughs> we, used, we used to play like King of the Pack and like all oh, that stuff. And like I just fell in love with that whole the whole sport and just the environment of of school and um and making friends. And it wasn't until my um, PE teacher at my primary school actually like was watching us playing. He was like, you should play for the school team. Like you're actually what, like, really back good. Then, I bet you they didn't have a female no, team. No, I so was the you, first ever. You played in the men's footy team. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't think any, but the thing is I didn't, coming from the UK where, you know, soccer's everything. Yeah. And females are playing. I didn't know that there was a sport where females could or didn't play. So when he suggested joining the team, I was like, yeah, yeah like, so like it's normal. Yeah. Like, okay. And you're a kid, like you're so naive yeah. to all of that stuff. And, um, so trialed out, like got into the team and we're playing the inter-school comps where you play other, other schools. And it wasn't until that point that I realized this isn't common because like the other parents would be like, whispering and saying like she shouldn't be here and shouldn't be playing were they were they tackling at this age yeah oh so because yeah there's a period where it's like bumping only no then, no it was, so they were like, so it was which i loved by the way <laughs> <laughs> imagine just ragdolling some yeah. blokes to the ground get up boy <laughs> i actually i actually got mvv in my first year you did not yeah, yeah. what were you did you grow before some of the guys because sometimes um, females do grow before i think yeah i was taller do. i was taller than some of the guys like some of them were built really young like yeah okay. but i was definitely taller than some of the guys um i actually played football for a year with camden mcintosh from oh, richmond what? we played for the same football team that's so strange like for the same football club and it's such a small world but um 
yeah, like I didn't really think much of it. I I just wanted to play. Yeah. Like I genuinely had the blingers on, could care less about what people think. I mean, I'm still the same now, yeah. but <laughs> I just wanted to play the game and no one was really stopping me. And at that stage, AFLW wasn't even an idea. Yeah, I was going to say. So it was just for the fun of it. Hey guys, just a quick pause in this episode to let you know that I have partnered with Dabble this year. Share the experience. Now, Dabble is a online betting platform. It is absolutely unbelievable. Very similar to Instagram where you can follow people and copy their bets. Now, you guys may have seen me do some World Cup streams through the World Cup, talking about the World Cup, building bets, which we were very successful at. So we are going to be doing that every week from Tuesday nights, 7 to 8 on the Dabble YouTube platform. So come along. Let's talk about sport, football, whatever it may be and build some multis that are going to get up. I'll be there 7 p.m. every Tuesday on the Dabble YouTube. Let's get back into the episode. When did AFLW become a reality in your mind of like, this is one, attainable and two, it's actually what you have a passion for to go and do? Yeah. Um, I'd probably say it's probably 17 at the time um, because I actually, I was playing soccer alongside footy pretty much this whole time. It's always just... I played it from very young and I really loved it. So I always played it. I, I went to a high school that specialized in soccer. Like I'd been playing the whole way through. Um, it's sort of gotten to the point now where I'm like, people are sort of, where are you going to take this? Are you going to go, you know, to the US is a very common thing. Like you're going to mm. go up to the US, you're going to go back home to, to England and play. Um, and that was thrown up a fair bit. Um, well, so you played in like kind of decent level. Of yeah, soccer. I was playing all right. I think... I had the talent, but thinking now, like the the amount of drive and passion that you need to succeed at that level, I don't think it would have been sustained. I don't know if I would have gotten that, to that level because I didn't have that same drive for soccer as yeah. I do for football. Oh, there you go. So I think that even though I was all right, like I was obviously at a decent level, um, I don't know if I would have kept doing it. Like, you who made knows? the right call then. Who knows? Because your head needs to be in it. Yeah, so, it, yeah, yeah, and it's it's tough. So yeah, I was doing that um, alongside it, and it got to a point where um, so I just finished school, high school, and I like all my profile got sent out to everywhere here, there, and everywhere, um, and like the Arsenal Academy and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> long story short, very long story short, because this isn't about him, but my dad played for the Arsenal seconds team. What? Like, yeah, like what, a long time ago. Well, he's. He's 60 now, so a long so in time the 60s ago. And 70s? Like when he was about my Dude, age. Dude, Arsenal in the 60s and 70s were yeah. legit. Yeah, like so they, he they was weren't... in like, for people that don't know, he was in like the the VFL equivalent, oh. basically. The second team. Fuck me. So he, so he knows people and he wanted me to be in the Arsenal County from when I was young and my mum wasn't having it. <laughs> anyway, so... He, so things like that were happening at that time, 17, what are you going to do? Are you going to go over to England? Are you going to go down dad's path, whatever? Um, and then there was rumblings that like AFOW might be a thing because um, they had those exhibition games um, and I got the last exhibition game they did, I got asked to be a part of it and I played for, for Melbourne when Melbourne and the Bulldogs were playing against each other. And at that stage they were like, no, I think Gil's really – pushing for this. Like, I think this is going to be a uh-huh. thing. And so I was like, okay, like this has just changed everything in my mind because I love football. Like that was my inner drive. I would love to do this instead. So I kind of just put soccer on hold for a year, mm. which wasn't, my dad was not that happy really? about. <laughs> yeah. um, and just 
right time at the right pl- like right place at the right time and I was 18 and AFLW became a thing. Yeah. And so when, what, how long has the AFLW been around for now? Six years. So that's, you've been here since inception? Yeah. So Wow. So I, day one you were, you were in a club. Yeah. So, I didn't know that. So I was signed as a marquee player to Brisbane. Um, so this was- at bef- 18. I was actually 17. I just turned 18. Oh, like yeah. So I saps. got signed to Brisbane, but that was before the draft. So okay. even before that, so I was probably one of twelve, I think it was. So in across the league, or yeah, just yeah, Brisbane? across the league. So wow. there was two. It was me and Taylor Harris that were signed to Brisbane, um, and there were two other clubs. But I think the clubs that like Sydney and stuff that might have needed more support, they had four that were originally okay. signed. So I think there was about twelve all up at that point because there was eight clubs then. Yeah. So that was the inception and then i think six months later is when the first draft actually happened oh wow so you knew before any you didn't even know who your teammates were for six no, months no no i moved, weird it, do you know what was so strange i'd moved to brisbane never lived there never been there <laughs> so you had no choice brisbane. you had no power no no well they they asked for me to play i could have said no and played but, for like i was in perth at the time i could have maybe signed for Fremantle at that stage yeah um but there was just something intriguing about Brisbane, going, like going to start something new. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, yeah. it doesn't work out, and I can go home, sort of thing. So, I said yes to going to Brisbane. Literally, never had been there. That's never had insane. been to Brisbane. Said yes to Brisbane. Didn't know who my team were, teammates were going to be. All I knew was Taylor was my teammate. I knew the coach Craig Sarsovich and the head of women's sp- football at the, the time. Yeah, head wow. of he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and their vision for what they thought it was going to be. That's literally all I was signing up for, <laughs> which in hindsight, I'm like, thank God I was young and like had no idea yeah. because I had that naivety of just going, yep, all right, let's see how, how it goes. Wow. So you've really grown with this league, like yeah. based off that sentence. I'm a fossil. That, it, you're a fossil <laughs> at yeah. 26. Yeah. So can I ask, this is a bit of a, a tricky question, maybe tricky for for you, but for me, mm. I'm really interested. In the six years you've been in the league, mm. what for you about yourself has changed the most from the start to now? Yeah. Interesting. Because obviously the, the league's grown from a, a player point of view and club point of view and so yeah. forth, but like yeah. individually, like is it mm. has anything changed like yeah. for you because you came in so young into an unknown world? Yeah. I mean, when you're young, you just think like the whole world revolves around you, <laughs> you know? So I, I, think I still that, think like, that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like as a, a mindset and like people would probably argue that my first couple of years were my best career years, which I remember is so you interesting because I'm like, I understand how that could be because I invested so much into my craft, but there was so much around me that was up in smoke. Like mm. there was just so much that I didn't have a balance on that like life balance. Um, mm. Like just, I didn't have that vision of like evolving the game. It was very much me, 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 me mm. at the time. So I can understand why, in terms of ability on the ground, it would look like my first few years were insane because that's literally, I, I sold my soul for the game at that point, which served its purpose. But I think it got to a point where I realized like this, this league is going to take a while to grow grow, and I am going to burn out if I keep going this way and I'm going to lose my family, my friends, 
my sanity. Career opportunities. Or for this when I'm getting paid like <laughs> next to nothing. <laughs> I know finance is in everything. Uh, how but bad was the pay the first year? Was it like... Oh, oh. <laughs> Like, is that you can't even say it? It bad? wasn't bad. I mean, after tax, like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> maybe like you're probably lucky to take like 10 grand after tax. Oh. You're lucky. That's like being oh. the that's like being top that's of the tree. So disrespectful, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's marquee. So, that's, like, I think I understand so how girls are always playing for free, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty sure. much. like, let's yeah. summarize it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard because you've got to balance that appreciation and being grateful and stuff, but definitely now I'm like, that was insane. And mm. I think that I can appreciate that, yes, my career in terms of what people think, they might think that it's gone down or whatever, but I have evolved so much as a person, as a leader, as a teammate, like for the sake of the club and mm. the future that it's, it's not, it's not just about on field performance. And I think that no, like realizing and knowing that where the sport is at, was probably the best thing I ever did because it was like, it might not be in my career span to be that player that can only focus on the craft. Mm. And that's okay. Because I never thought I'd be here anyway. Yeah. So I think it was as soon as I made that switch into long-term thinking and having a bit more of a balance on things, not to a point where I'm like, I don't care about my craft. I don't care about footy. It's not that. You're just respecting what the league's giving back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that. That's smart. That you know? was my, probably my biggest learning through that yeah. whole period is like, there's just sometimes it's just not the right time. Right. Without, without going into like specific players and yourself and so forth, mm. would there be any girls that are getting six figures now? And if so, would there be many or no? Uh, like not, not I even. mean, it's sort of broken up into the sense. Um, like, cause I assume there's like a, I, my opinion, and this is the same in the A-League, which is why I know yeah. the best get a lot yeah. and the rest get nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think the AFL and the AFLPA have done a good job in restricting that because there's a tiered process. Okay. There's, so there's which only so much you can actually, so like the, the gap isn't that big, Okay, but- and what I always say with with everything is you've got your salary for being paid mm. and then there's like your your ASA, which is like a marketing contract, which has nothing to do with your playing agreement. Right. So the who knows what's in that. <laughs> okay. Who knows? Yep. And That's also the business gets done. But then also it's like who knows what you're bringing in endorsement-wise. Mm. And, and it, so in terms of playing alone, there would be no players that are bringing that money in. Right, okay. But, but in, in terms of the whole package, there probably would be – Maybe 10, maybe okay. across the whole league. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's okay. getting that. Wow. I mean, maybe. that's improvement. That's a probably so. a push. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I've been impressed with? And I think you're definitely one of them is um, like the, some of the top tier or more well-known players, the mm. brands that they're attracting and they're associated with mm. like a pretty like big. I think so like big, big brands and big businesses are actually attaching themselves to AFLW yeah. now, which yeah. is really cool. I mean, it's, it's definitely good for the game. It's mm. huge for the game. I think there's definitely... Especially a lot of these brands have been involved in sports that haven't attached them to female athletes at all. I think it just branches off so much because now you're appealing to a bigger demographic. I think there's a lot of pros on both ends. In terms of like the top tiered players, I think the difference isn't even necessarily being talent because I can, there are some players that, you know, would have won our best and fairest that might not be earning that much money. But I think maybe the difference is like understanding that you as an entity, you're a business 
And it depends on who you associate with, who you get into business with, how you market yourself. There's so much that goes involved that is involved. Some girls are just better than that than others. I think so, but also your team, like who's around you? Who's Mm. the one speaking in your ear? Is someone telling you to take the short money or are they telling you to take equity into a business? Mm. Like it depends on the people that are around you, how much you know, how much you're willing to learn. There's so much that goes involved, like that gets involved. I mean, I'm lucky that I was around my family who are business owners. I've always been thinking long-term or Mm. it's always been long-term goal, not short-term goal. I think I've been really lucky with that. Um, but there are some people that, you know, a few thousand dollars might be life changing for them. And I understand that. So they're willing to just go for the short, quick option, but long term that might not favor them. Yeah. So it's, um, I think at the point now it's like, I think maybe some of the, the girls need to get more into that mindset of like, I am a business entity. I provide more value than just being on the football field. What else do I provide to these clubs? to these brands, what can I leverage? Um, who can I get in conversation with? You know, the corporate lunches that we end up going oh, to is the insane. To, they're the best to meet and greet. But do you know it? how many life. athletes just sit there and, yeah. and don't actually network? Do you know how many people would pay to be in those rooms to network? People don't understand. Yeah, yeah. It's like crazy money to be a part of those events, to Especially network. Like a Collingwood too. Exactly. And I think that, insane. but there are so many athletes that don't, um, I think they don't really understand the position they're in is like a unique one. Um, And how can you better leverage that for your future? Not just like the here and now. Mm. So it's, it's been interesting. I think you're saying like with branding and stuff and being like a fossil in the sport, I feel like to some people I may have made, may have not made an impact on the field, but I would like to think I've made way more of an impact off the field than I have on the ground. And I feel to me, that's more legacy speaking. Well, yeah. To the next generation. There's longevity in that too, because you yeah. can do that beyond your playing days too. Exactly. <clears throat> which exactly. is which is even more powerful. Yeah. And it's pretty powerful that you're there day one. Yeah. Like that's fucking cool. Yeah. Like if, if you were talking <laughs> I've about I've seen the all the yeah, If you were talking about AFLW to me, I'm definitely listening because I know you were yeah. there day one. Yeah. And all through it. So yeah. like everything you're speaking of would hit would hit home. Yeah. Uh, we obviously know you play for Brisbane and, and Richmond, but yeah. I do want to go into the now and just talk about the Collingwood experience because yeah. that's so <laughs> is this second season yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not relatively fresh, but mm. it's like r- somewhat fresh. Yeah. Can you just talk to me about, because mm. we will have 100% people from Collingwood tuning into this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You guys, I don't know what it is. We get Collingwood players on. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been adopted as like a member. You're, you like, are. You're I'm on like, look, member I go now. for St Kilda, but because we never win shit. That's like, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on board <laughs> every now and then, you know, but um, I know there'll be Collingwood people listening and they love hearing stuff about the club and. Yeah. what it's actually like between the four walls. But can you just talk about the experience and, and maybe even the decision to what drove you to go there? Yeah. I think um, Collingwood's just different. And the <laughs> reason why I say that is because I know every other club is going to be like annoyed, but Collingwood's sort of like the Manchester United. Yeah, it is. Like they may not be the best on-field performance, but globally they're recognised as being the club. Mm. And Collingwood is that. It's like they're recognised as being like the AFL club. And I don't know how it got there. <laughs> so many people are going to be biting their like teeth. But right now, it's, like. it is the, tr- <laughs> it is the truth. I think it is and, too. And um, I'm sure there are other clubs like Richmond's doing a really good job in what they're doing. And there are other clubs branching into that, into that, um, that level. But Collingwood's just different in the sense that like, as soon as you walk into the club, you feel the magnitude of what you're about to get into involved in. Like, mm. 
the people, the eyes that are on you, the the financials in terms of who are invested in the clubs, the people that walk through the door. Like we literally, one of our last trainings, we had Shaq walking down the, like literally while we're training. <laughs> it's like, this is the type of people we're yeah. seeing. And it's like being involved um, with the club. It's just something, it's something different, you mm-hmm. know? Um, my decision to come to Collingwood v- was very much that when I, when I decided to move, from Brisbane to to a Melbourne club, it was because I wanted to move to Melbourne for family reasons. Okay. I wanted to build my family here, so I ended up moving to Richmond. Yep. I think initially when you sign with a club and they have visions, you would know is like all it takes is a coach or a head of football or someone to come in and the Jeez. whole thing changes, right? Yes. So initially it was how I felt was the right fit for me and then Personnel change, the culture changes. It wasn't the best fit for me. Mm. Um, and it's nothing that's too severe. It just, I'm really big on it feeling right. And it didn't for me anymore. So it was sort of, okay, is this the end for my career or is it something that I can see? Can I find that elsewhere? And Collingwood has always been a club I've watched from afar. Like I have a lot of friends that were a part of the club playing for the club I've always watched and and I realized the last few years they've made a real change real change inside and out of the club and it was just something I really wanted to be a part of um again coming back to the legacy piece is like I feel like they're making a real change and they are leaving an impact and I wanted to be a part of that and um so I started the the conversations with with the club and a couple of my best friends played and it sort of just felt organic it felt so seamless it sort of felt like why shouldn't i like at this point um so yeah ended up at collingwood oh that's crazy biggest club i think they're the biggest club in australia in every sport i don't know maybe brisbane broncos i I just think collingwood's the biggest yeah it's 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 there's a lot of magnitude that comes with it Um, and i hate saying that but it's just you can't deny (laughs) it you cannot deny it and obviously on a business sense like whoever's been leading the charge, like obviously Eddie in the past and, um, and now Jeff, like it's, you know, they, as a business entity, they've done a really good job, not mm. just as a football club. Yeah. So it's, um, it's amazing to be around those people all the time. Yeah. How did you, how did you rate this year's season personally and as, as a collective? Um, I mean, it was just, it was a weird one because we went back to back on a season we weren't expecting to happen yeah. and not to say we weren't, ex- we weren't pushing for results like we're all competitors we all want to win but I think we also had that understanding that um I we all weren't really mentally and physically prepared for it so I think there was that understanding that we may not get to where we want to but that's mm-hmm. okay we'll use it as a learning yeah um so it was sort of was that frustrating though because like it definitely when you when you're like for me when I'm 26 and I'm Sabrina Fredericks like, yeah. I don't know I don't want to fucking learn anymore exactly win. it's definitely I mean? it's definitely frustrating because you all you want to do as a competitor is win yeah like that's anyone that says otherwise is honestly they're lying taking the they're lying and yeah. I hate it because I'm like <laughs> why are you, you're not here for a participation medal yeah. you want to win the big thing and you never want to feel like a season was wasted or anything like that and I feel like it just after the last few years or with COVID and all that stuff it just was really frustrating to feel like we we just got there again and just fell short at the mm. finals again it's like it, it it definitely is very frustrating and then on a personal note it was like i was due to have a child like we were due to have a child 
when I wasn't playing and then all of a sudden I'm playing. So it was dealing with that too because it's like obviously my mindset is my family first. Yeah, of course. So I think on an individual front it was frustrating because I felt like this was the year to like get back into things but I'm really strong on morals and certain things and the club were totally fine with it and understanding that like my family is everything um, and I had to put them first. So mm. it's sort of like – on I think on an individual front, yes, I could have done a lot better. Definitely, I'd be the first to say I'd, I was not happy with how the season ended. Injuries happened. Um, you know, I didn't help out the team where I probably, like as a forward um, and kicking goals, like there's certain things that you want to be able to do to finish off the team's work, and I, I didn't. Um, and I'll be the first to say that it was it's frustrating you mm. really to feel like you've let down the, the team, but I would like to think and hope that this next season I will make up for it. Tenfold. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think also with just your situation, I genuinely think like your off field, um, the balance of off field impacts mm. on the field. Yeah. And for you, when you've got a kid on the way, yeah. you're probably the first person I can actually ask this to, mm. can you totally focus on football when you know, oh, no. like, no. I don't think, I don't no. know how you could. No, I mean, there's definitely, it definitely helps in the sense It'd of. It'd probably be more like a getaway than yeah, like, if anything, it's, like. It's, it's, I think as sports people, you learn to compartmentalize. Mm. So you do learn that when you're in it, you can just sort of like focus on what's in front of you. But that being said, say if something emotionally draining has happened all day, you are zapped. And like you have to find this within yourself to then compete against people in your team or compete with people in your team that – They've had none of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've woken up at 10, p- 10, 10 a.m. Exactly. And they're ready to rock and roll and you're yeah. ready to give 100%, but then you know after you've drained yourself again, yeah. you're going back to then potentially you might only get an hour of sleep. Yeah, you're, or, you're cleaning up baby vomit and spilling know, coffees on yourself. Like all sorts of stuff. So I think it's like that knowing of like, I'm not really 100% there and I'm not really 100% here, which sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Do you know what you're I mean? In the abyss. And I think unless you're a parent, Doing that, you don't understand. And I think that's part that's partly why it was frustrating in a way is because like only one of my teammates is a parent. Mm. So like a lot of them probably would have no idea that after training, you know, they can go relax, mm. go sleep. Like I may not sleep. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> I may not get to bed till three in the morning. And mm. that's that's obviously my choice to be a parent, but that's just a reality. Yeah. So it's um it was tricky <laughs> to might say be, the least. Might be too soon to ask, but would you have another? Like, no, I would. I would. No, I would. I would. But I would make sure it wasn't due right before yeah, yeah, the season okay. was gonna start. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, <laughs> new note to sell. Um, yeah. what's what's been the biggest change in the game? Like, is that mm. the quality? I assume the quality of football and the skill yeah. sets and athleticism has yeah. has a lot of that severely improved from day one to yeah. now. Yeah, definitely. I, I, even just knowing the girls that come through that are drafted, like that you can see the 18, 19-year-olds, like they've been playing the whole way through. Some of them are fucking machines. And you can see it. And I love that, by the yeah. way. I love the fact that they're coming in and they're racking it up and they're tearing it up. I mean, I'm a competitor. It gets me going. Yeah. But seeing them come through, I'm like, fucking good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think that's been a major change in terms of, yeah, the quality of, of draftees coming in that's then lifting lifting the overall quality of the team. Because there are probably girls that were like 13, 12, 13, 14 yeah. now that are coming in the league that could, I have that could teammates. train. I have oh, teammates no. that have like 
got photos with me. How shameful is this? <laughs> and I like didn't even remember. And <laughs> they've like shown me these photos and I'm like, this is so embarrassing. You're not even that much older than no, them. No, I know. Like, I know. I know. But it just like, it makes you realize, like, geez, I've been in there for a while. Oh my God. Because like these girls were like, you know, yeah, 12, 13 or. Well, like, they're, they're training for it to, to get mm-hmm, drafted then mm-hmm. because there's something to do. Like when you're exactly. playing, you're like, like, I don't even know if I'm if there's a league. Exactly. And even though the money per se is not at level being full time, if you're a young kid who's still living at home, like that's some good money. Yeah. I think like yeah. any of their friends probably wouldn't be making that money anyway. So yeah. it almost does feel like full time for them because they don't have overheads and, and things like that. And they can just focus on their craft or whatever they want to do. And I have noticed a change in that respect of like their approach. They're so professional from the beginning. I love it. I've I really loved the change. Um, I think also another big thing is just clubs realizing that AFL is here to stay. Like AFLW is here to stay. Yeah. It's probably been the biggest change too, is it's like not an add on anymore. It's like an integration yeah. into what we're like actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, cause we've spoken about the pay, but like what would be, are there, are there big challenges that you face as a female athlete in the AFL? Because mm. it's a very male-dominated environment. Yeah. Like, it can be very egotistical. Mm-hmm. Like there's that, that testosterone vibe around yeah. AFL media and AFL players and stuff. Is there mm. challenges with that for females? I think, um, I mean, being at three different clubs, I've had three different experiences. I, I would say at Collingwood it's actually the opposite because we have more females in the club now. We've got netball too. We've got netball. We actually have the majority. <laughs> Now take it back the power. So it's actually it's actually been an interesting <clears throat> dynamic change going to Collingwood because yeah, like majority a lot of the you know even admin side staff are females. So we actually probably have more females in there than we do males. Yeah. So I'd say like in the in that respect, um, I would say not not so much. Like it's really very very different. Um, I think of the other two, like I think definitely when I was at Brisbane because it was the start. And we were almost like that annoying little sister that's coming in and grabbing attention from the parents. And I think there was a little bit of a dynamic shift within the two teams of them being like, what even is this? Like, (laughs) what is this? Why are we sharing our facilities with these people? Like, why are they getting attention? And that point, like... The men's team weren't doing very good, and we were smashing it yeah, out of the your park. Early years were like we, we li- our first season, we went undefeated until the grand final. Like so, like that's and that's, we were, that must hurt. Yeah, oh, trust me, it, it, <laughs> that must also hurt the men too. Because that that's a good yeah. thing. Is like you guys are lift like fuck these girls are better than us. Yeah, but you know I think I mean? like initially, initially it was definitely a little bit of. I yeah. could tell the tension was there with those guys of and like. For so long, it's just been their space, and now they got to share it with us. Yeah. So there's probably a little bit. I don't know what it's like there now, um, but definitely initially there was a bit of a, a, uh, a what divide. are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. And I think like you're always gonna this the men's game is so it's been there around for so long. It's mm. there's always gonna be people that want us back in the kitchen. Whatever. Yeah, all that shit. I yeah. always say all the time, I'm like, if you actually saw what my cooking was like, you would not want me in the kitchen. <laughs> I am terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, because speaking of like, obviously you and, and Lily uh, are new parents, but mm. what's sort of interesting to me, I think I spoke, I spoke to you about this before, is in the soccer world now, there's, I think there's been two male players that have come out as gay and mm. it's like, 
been like world worldwide news. Like yeah. literally one of the guys yeah. in the A-League, I, I shouldn't say too much, but he's got like deals with like Tommy Hilfiger. Like yeah. Yeah. it's so big that yeah. people are like good on you. Mm. From a from a female point of view, mm. is it like more accepted that obviously people feel more comfortable being gay? Like is it even a thing in those environments? Yeah, I think that it's always been. Because like, it's still very much a thing in AFL, mm. like for sure, right? Like I mean – like what you were saying with those two guys is like soccer's a, a world game, yeah. and like these are like the two first people ever, ever. Well, that, yeah, that have come out in a media platform yeah. and said I'm. So gay. like that's massive, yes. like because you're not just talking about the one country; you're talking about all over the globe. Dude, this kid, this so, kid in Adelaide did it, yeah, like Cristiano Ronaldo and stuff, and yeah. like yeah. Real Madrid yeah. were tweeting congratulations, yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, and like I'm, I think I'm just happy that the world's in a place where we can do that. Yeah, because maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, it wouldn't have been that case. I think that we're now at a point that we're ready to be like, okay, like we're people or people like just yeah. let them do what they want to do. I think um, in terms of AFLW and women's sport, I think it's been way more just integrated from the beginning. I feel like, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not a big thing. No, I don't. It's never really, it's never really, yeah, it's not been a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I don't, I don't know if it's because like that stereotypical, like, if a girl is playing a hardcore sport, they must be gay. Like yeah. that whole like. I grew up with that which stereotype the in my head, which is so wrong. It's right? not the case, but yeah. I wonder if it, because of that, it's like almost taken that of like, oh, are they, aren't they? It's sort of just, it's okay. Right from the yeah. beginning, like we don't care. Yeah. Like, we don't care. And I think it's, it's nice to be involved in yeah. a, in a sport that like genuinely just embraces you for who you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like for me, it was never really a thing. Yeah. Okay. So when you, when did you like, when did you sort of realize or come out as if you were gay? Yeah. Have you, well, have you always been like that or was there a specific yeah, day and time you remember? Yeah. It was, it's so strange because like when I lived in the UK, I actually lived, they call it the gay capital of like England, which oh, I didn't what's know. What's it called? Brighton. Bright, oh, Brighton. <laughs> Great Premier League football team. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Not because everyone's happy there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and um, it's, so I've always, been a, I always like growing up. I was just always um, around diverse um, backgrounds and people just being comfortable in their own skin. Like that's very very common where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So it never like when it came to a point where like I was growing up, I had like boyfriends and and whatever. But when it got to a point where I um, I was seeing a girl for the first time, it wasn't really a thing like I wouldn't even say I came out it was genuinely just in conversation with I remember like with my sister in her room being like so who are you dating like as like just normal All and right. I'm like oh I'm just seeing this girl blah blah so blah it was that organic it was you. just and then and I'm really lucky like yeah. and it was just in passing and and that was it really and mm. I think my sister told my my parents and stuff but it wasn't like wasn't like a sit down chat and, you know, I'm really, really lucky. And, and maybe it's because my mom and my dad went through their own situation with her being white and my dad being black. Like when they were dating, like there was still a bit of weirdness around like my mom dating a black guy. Yeah. So I don't know if like, because they went through their own stuff, stuff. it was like, we don't care what our kids do yeah. as long as they're happy. And I was just really, really lucky that, yeah, it wasn't really a thing. And then, it was just, I was just dating whoever I wanted to date. And yeah. then I got to AFLW and I was seeing a girl at the time. So it was just really 
seamless. Like oh, it wasn't really a I feel like I've never heard an as organic and natural story I'm very of, lucky. of that as, I'm re- as anyone. I'm very lucky. Like, a lot of people I've <clears throat> had discussions with about it and even <clears throat> Josh, the Josh Cavallo, the guy who came out in Adelaide last year, I think it was, mm-hmm. it was like a big, big, big thing. Yeah. Whereas for you, you're like, oh, I just fucking woke up one day, said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I always think that you have the power to add more or take the weight away. Like mm. if you make an occasion, it's an occasion. Right. So you don't, yeah. So you so control like, the narrative. And I'm very quiet. I am very quiet in a lot of things that I do. Like yeah. I am busy, but there is so many things that people don't, yeah, no. I didn't know you did that. And I like, and I, I, I'm very, I like that. Yeah. I like, cause I'm like, I always say that like being braggadocious and being loud, normally the types of people that do that, they're actually not doing the work or they're not like, I, I like to keep it under wrap. So for me, it's like action based always. Yeah. I always lead with action. Um, and I think that in terms of all of that stuff, it's like, well, if someone sees me out with a girl, then that's what it is, what it is. I don't mm. have to explain myself to you who I know nothing about. Yeah. Like I've, I've always just been like that my whole, my whole life with everything that I do. It's just actually, just do what I want to do. That's amazing. I appreciate you talking about this because I, the reason why I wanted to bring it up, because I no doubt there's people listening mm. that are, you know, swaying on the fence or yeah. talking about it, but don't like, would you hear it first from Sabs? Cause you're in yeah. the limelight as well, like yeah. promoting yeah. Um, the community, you're obviously yeah. the pride game there's so many things now that are being yeah. done that is promoting i guess yeah um everyone being themselves and equality yeah. like yeah. across all sports which is i just I, I just preach on about just being a good human yeah like it, i it, really don't care I, do where you, know you what? come the, from what you do in your own backyard i do not care as long as you're a good human being. Do you know my my view is that like this, this might be contentious to some people but like this whole gender and um kind of like the sexual orientation that yeah, you are, yeah. like you shouldn't need to to announce no. one. Yeah, you, I agree. I'm huge on that. Like too. If you are just like <laughs> if you're a human being, then like yeah, everything yeah, else, yeah. it's a conversation yeah. that is so irrelevant. Yeah. It's time yeah. wasted. Yeah, yeah just yeah. do it. It is time wasted. Just do it. Like I know, like do you know what I mean? It's a hard. It's not like, to be disrespectful. No, to no, no, them. no. It's no. Just like, no, I man, think that it's. Cares? I think we're at a point now because there's visualize. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of brands and companies giving platforms to this, so people are wanting to like give themselves a title and stuff for the sake of being seen, which I understand the impact of it. But like, say for example, I came out and I said like, um, I'm a lesbian. Then one, like, I don't know, 10 years down the track, I'm seeing a guy. It's like, you then have to explain yourself Mm. on something you have no idea about anyway. Like you, every person has their own journey. And I don't really like, like you might have a girlfriend I don't talk to you about the ins and outs yeah. of everything. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I sort of see it as like, what would I talk to you about is what I should be fine to, to share. share. Yeah, Otherwise it's like my private relationship. Yeah, like I, it's I my, me and my wife, it's me, it's our marriage. Like it's our family. It's our stuff. Like I don't That's feel so like cool. everyone needs to know yeah, everything can, yeah, about everything. I completely agree. <laughs> I, I feel like it's harder for you than say me because you're in the limelight yeah. and people want to know. Sure, Do you know what I mean? It's, like, like, it's 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 the give and take of knowing that you have a platform, so you want to use it to help people, but mm. also you've got to understand that it's still your life, and mm. you still like there are so many people that they share everything at a detriment to their own life, and it's like you need to think of you first, and then if you can help, that's great. If yeah. you can give bits and pieces, that is great. But like giving everything to everyone and then being left as a shell. I learned that early, early doors. Yeah. Like that's not sustainable. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, I appreciate that for sharing. Hopefully that helps some people listening as well because it definitely is very insightful. Now, some people obviously will know you from the football field, but Mm. others will also know you from some of the the work you've done outside footy, particularly on SAS or Mm. so forth like that. I want to go back to that experience because I think I might have met you just after it. Yes, yes. Um, And I never really got to ask you what that was like. because Because I've I've been around a couple of people that have that background Mm. of of late and they fucking fascinate me because I'm like, it is the skill set, the intensity, all that stuff, like the training they've gone through. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you? And and how did that come about? Was that something you were searching for or? Um, Amazing. Like once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, My mum used to be in the British military. So that sort of (laughs) inspired. You get Arsenal dad, your mum's in the military. No wonder you are the way you are. I see them as like. The reason why, yeah, the reason I am why I am is because they're like pocket knives. Yeah. That's how I see them is like you just never know what is going to pop out. And I love it. I love it. Um, but, yeah, mum used to be in the British military when she was younger. And so I've always had that sort of insight and like sort of what the intrigue to get a little bit um, closer to her world of what it was like. Like I remember her telling me stories of like putting guns together like in the dark. And I've always been fascinated by that world. Wow. So when the opportunity for this came up, I was like, this is like, this is the top of the top. Like these, te- like special forces are like the top tier teams you never hear about. Yep. They deal with the top priority stuff in the world and you will never know who they are. Yep. And like, that is so intriguing That's to me. That's intriguing as hell to me And as well. it takes a type of person to get there. And how it sort of came about was, um, they did the UK series uh, a few years before, which I watched a bit on because my family are English and they love it. So I watched a bit of it. And um, they were, I think it was just before the first lockdown happened or the second lockdown happened here in Melbourne where they were filming, they were filming in New Zealand and they asked if I could do it and I said no because of football at the time. Mm. And they actually went to New Zealand and I think they had shot like one day of production and then got shut down because of COVID and everything. Oh, wow. So then five months later, everything gets revamped, like rebooted and they're like, um, so we've got the uh, cast, we've got the original cast because of everything that's going on, but would you consider coming on as like like a backup, like if someone got injured or someone got like, COVID that you would slot right in. And this was three weeks before they're about to film. And I'm like, do you know what? Fine. Yeah. Like if my, (laughs) I was like, if my club and at the time it was Richmond, I don't know how they let me do this, but (laughs) I was like, if they let me do it, then I'll, I'll do it. Cause this is like amazing. So I went to the club. They said, yes, they said it was amazing like opportunity, which I'm so thankful to them because I didn't have to let me do that. it's good for the AFLW. Like, yeah, you know it's what I mean? huge. Like, more faces getting out there. Exactly. Yeah. So th- they, they said, yeah, that's amazing. It had to keep it really hush-hush. Like no one could know. It was literally one person at Richmond that knew and then like my family. Um, but then like there was still a chance I wasn't going to go on this thing. It was just like as a, a backup basically. Then we went into a snap lockdown and they were like, okay, so we're filming in the Snowy Mountains um, in a few weeks, but because of all the COVID stuff, we we need you to come to Sydney because you need to do 14 days quarantine if we need you. So you could do 14 so, days quarantine and not get used so, at this point. So at this point. And then they were like, to throw in things and make it a little bit harder is we actually need you to drive over the border because we can't, <laughs> the flights that. are limited. So they were like, we'll get you a rental car 
I had to drive nine hours. <sighs> then when I got there, I was thrown straight into like a lodge and had to quarantine for 14 days. That's awful. By myself. And then potentially, right, at and this point, going to the still, hardest training of your life. 11 days out, 11 days of quarantine, still didn't know if I was going to be on this show. And But also post that, like, you're gonna, uh, were you, did they give you stuff to keep fit? Like, well, they literally just said, like, um, you will probably want to get into, like, running with weight because you'll be doing a lot of that. That's pretty much all they said, right? Fuck, that's horrific. So I'm in this um, this apartment thing, small apartment, and they actually, they were kind enough to give me a treadmill Okay. Um, because of training anyway. I needed yeah. to keep fit and some weight. So pretty much did that, just kept on the low down. Meanwhile, none of my friends fucking know I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, because you can't tell them, <laughs> nah, can you? No, nah. So I'm just chatting you know to my teammates was, Did you know who stuff? else was going to be on the show at this point? I knew a couple. Okay. That's, that's but like it. just by your relationships with them or that got blurted out? No, I think it just- I think it got leaked a couple of them already. Okay. Yeah. So I knew a couple of them before um, because of that. But yeah, so then I was doing all that. Then, uh, so yeah, so did my test 11 days. That So that was all fine. Then day 12, so I get out 14. Day 12, I get a knock on the door and I'm like, what is going on? It's the executive producer of the show who never speaks to anyone, apparently. He's decided to come down to my door because he said he was so impressed by everything that I've done this far that they're just going to add me on as an extra. <laughs> well, yeah, rightly so. Shout so, out to him because so, that's And apparently, great. like, the casting agent was like, this girl's going to win it. That's I'm some SAS right mentality now. shit already, isn't so it, actually? he was like, yeah, we'll chuck you in. The only thing we'll need you to do is, like, because everyone else is ready to go on the show, we're going to need you to do the full, like, they do overlay footage and stuff. You're going to have to do a full day of filming. So as mm. soon as you come out, like, you've got straight into that and you're going to have to do your safety course. Are you nervous at this point, like, for what's ahead? Because, um, like, fucking SAS training is not like, and, yeah, uh, and I've seen that TV show. It's, yeah. Do you know what? I was it's pretty actually, hard to fake that shit. That stuff's real. I think I was more excited because I didn't yeah. think I was going to get given the You're opportunity. Twisted, <laughs> you have to be a bit twisted to be excited for that. I'd be fucking nervous. But, like now. I knew the context of the show in the sense of like, if you wanted to leave any point, you can leave any point. <laughs> there was literally you know? a scene on one show where it was like Barry Hall and someone, it's like, pick yeah. who you want to fight. Yeah, and they yeah. just squared off with helmets on. I'm like, what the, yeah. is this reality oh, TV? Yeah, or is this a bit of controversy? Like, do you know what I mean with that? Like, you're looking yeah. forward to that shit. Yeah, I know. I am. I mean, yeah, I am a bit twisted, but it was such an opportunity, like life change. Like no one, unless you're in the special forces, you do not get this level of training, like yeah. ever. You do not get exposed to the sort of stuff that they have provided. So I was like, even if this is the suckiest thing ever, like day one, we jumped out of a helicopter backwards. I would never do that ever. Like when would I get that opportunity to do that? Like I wouldn't. So I kind of saw it as more of like, this is an amazing opportunity. And I was excited for it. Um, yeah. Did my, did my overlay, did the safety course and then literally got thrown in for two hours meeting the rest of the car. So I met the rest of the guy. I mean, the rest of Who was the some of the notable people on that one? So, uh, Honey Badger was on that one, <laughs> but had a bit of a controversy. Yeah, did you the mortgage? Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, Honey Badger, Merrick Watts, um, Shana Jack, uh, Sh uh, Jackson Warren. Um, oh, was Jackson Warren on there? That's yeah, crazy. Um, was Mickey on this one? Zarafa? No, no, he was, he was no. later. Um, yeah, I so do remember, many. I do remember which one, but I, yeah. Candace Warren, like, there were so many people I can't remember off the top of my head, but they were. Great, great people. It would have been cool to be around that. Oh, it was it was such a such an experience because everyone's here for different reasons, mm. you know. Um, 
and we were the first. This is the first time. So no one really knew what to expect. Um, so yeah, met them. And then I just remember like eating with them. And then all of a sudden, like it goes dark and these guys are yelling. So none of this is on TV, but they start the experience. Like they bag us, like gas is thrown, like all this stuff that was never showed on TV that from the beginning, we're just chatting. Like we're chatting now, the doors slam open <laughs> and there's just gas thrown. So it's thrown. a real thing, this yeah, show. They like make, it's not like. No, I say this to people all the time, like this is a real experience. There's not a producer like chatting your ear. I mean, I don't know if what it is now, but definitely wasn't when I was on the show. Wow. Um, and they bagged us. We're in what we, what we were wearing. They bagged us and we're off. We're gone. We started. Wow. So it was definitely the one of the best experiences I've ever had. Just just on this, before we round that up, what, what was the, the biggest thing you got out of that, like for you? I think because I've been around teen sports my whole life, I think I've not really gone to the dark, dark depths of knowing what I'm capable of because I think in team sports you rely on so many people and I think that experience gave me more of a nod to my self-belief and inner mindset and strength of like I am capable of doing so many things when it's just me and my back's against the wall. I think that was a huge, huge takeaway that I had from there that I've just never had the chance to really tap into mm. um and also just that there's so much it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah again you, when you're in that sort of bubble yeah you just realize there's just so much that's important like yeah. and it feels so real when you're in there like it actually feels like you are in the military going out and you might not return home like it feels so real Fuck. that it just gives you perspective on like yeah it just gives you perspective on life and what you want to achieve and realize like there's so much you can go out and do. Um, yeah, that was probably my biggest takeaway. Did you come out of there with like more confidence as well? Definitely. Because I feel like that would be one thing. Like, Definitely. Well, who, who else has done yeah. what I've just done? Yeah, I mean, <clears> I, <throat> I say this all the time. Like, even if – like, I completed the course, but even if I didn't, say if I tapped out, even day three, like, the things that you get to experience, I genuinely still think I would have walked out of there with confidence of, like, knowing this is what – I've still got lots of work to do and I've taken so much from the experience. I think that genuinely, even if you spend a couple of days in that environment, you just know it's so brutal and it's so exposing that like, yeah, it's hard not to learn something. It's really hard to not take something away from it. That sounds, sounds very special. I'm fascinated by SAS. Like the people, like, cause we walk down the street going to buy like something from the grocery store. I could be walking past like a cold, hard killer and you you won't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that fascinates me. Who are those people in this world? And even like those people, like even the people around them, because it, the, like I, the, identity stuff is so on lock. Like they might have friends that don't even know what they yeah, do. Well, like it is that. Correct. Social media, like all these they're things. Whilst in it, it is so, so, so locked real. up. Yeah, yeah, correct. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. And those guys, like the, like Ant is one of them, like all of them, but like Ant's a real, he's a, he's a G man. Is he? Like he's, they're the best, such great guys. Like even like they're yelling at us and stuff, but like I've gotten to know them on a personal level since then. And they're just such Top good people. guys. Yeah. yeah, they played their role well. Yeah. And the enforcers as such. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to take a, take a spin on this be, mm. before we round this out, because I think we'll have obviously hopefully have a, a lot of young girls out here listening 
um, to this episode that look up to you and obviously the AFLW in January, but what would be the best advice you can give to some of these young girls that are aspiring to be a Sabrina mm. Fredericks or play yeah. in the AFLW? <sighs> Good question. It is a it is a well, we tend to come up with some yeah. of show from time to time. <laughs> There's so much, but I think in terms of like if they're aspiring to be a sports person, yeah. I think that um I think you've got to be comfortable like being in that dark place. Mm. Um because there are gonna be so many times where you do not want to do stuff. And it's actually the discipline that you've got to harness. It's got nothing to do with motivation. Like that genuinely comes and goes. External noise, like people can say good things about you one day and trash you the next. And it's very much like being comfortable with in yourself, knowing your why of what why you're actually doing it. Like, are you doing this for external reasons? Because you will not, you will Survive. not, yeah, you won't succeed. Like you really got to be internally motivated, internally disciplined, just realize that, you know, it is going to be very much a self-discovery journey. Mm. It's about you. It's about like getting the most out of you and, and how can you leave an impression on the people around you? Um, and there's going to be so many people. I, this is probably my biggest lesson that I've learned genuinely in 10 years <laughs> is it is okay to be misunderstood. There are so many people that are not going to understand you. There's going to mm. be so many people that are not going to see it the way that you see it. Mm. But as long as you're okay and you can wake up every single day and be okay with who you are, what you represent, what you do, that is literally the only thing that matters. That is some of the best advice we've had on oh, the show. That is outstanding. It's genuinely my <clears> biggest, <throat> my biggest thing because there are so many things I say no to or, you know, there are lots of people that probably think a certain way about me yeah. or whatever, good, bad, but that should not determine how I operate Correct. in the world. Correct. You can't make everybody happy. You really, really can't. You shouldn't try to either. And especially in sports is like, you might have your best, like Jordan's been on this, this podcast. Like he's a prime example of that. The amount of people that think a perception of who he actually is. Versus. If he, if he lived his life the way that people think of him, He'd, he'd be straight in a ditch yeah. because it's like you can't make – you just can't make everyone yeah. happy and you can't make everyone think the way you want them to think and you just need to be okay with being misunderstood. Yeah. That's that's on them, not on you. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful advice. Yeah. This one's going to be interesting because this one's a bit more on you and this is a this is how we round up the show. Mm. Um, we've been doing this question for a while, so all the listeners that have been coming back will know this one. But we, we attest sort of three traits uh, on the Unlaced to – being successful in, yeah. as an athlete in business, whatever it may be. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just want you to pick one of the three that resonates with you most for mm -hmm. your journey. So it's mm -hmm. out of resilience, drive, or ambition. Like which one? Obviously all three we know are important. Yeah. But which one for you was really pivotal in your resilience journey? Resilience, for sure. Resilience. Yeah. There's, there's just going to be – There's there's been so many times where – you know, you get kicked down and it's, it's genuinely like, it's so cliche, but it's genuinely not about the fall. It's genuinely what you do afterwards. Like yeah. how do you respond to adversity? It's always that it's always, there's always another chance. There's always a chance to reinvent. There's always a chance to go again. And yeah, resilience is huge. 
Yeah. Oh, beautifully said. I'm excited for for the season. For yeah, you this me year. too. I feel like you've got for for all you've done in the league. For some reason, you have a bit of a chip on your shoulder this year. Yeah, like, I know. Like, I, I would actually like to I'm win. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking coming back. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. So uh, I'm excited yeah. for that. That, that yeah. excites me with yeah. you because yeah, I'm excited too. <clears throat> genuinely, genuinely excited. I think this. I'm really optimistic about the season, knowing that. Um, I have a bit more time as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm just in a, in a good place, in a good season of life. So can't wait. Beautiful. Well, thank yeah. you for finally coming know, on this show. We finally you. got yeah, here. You're a superstar, Sabs. I love you. So thanks, good luck for the year. Legend. Thanks, awesome. mate. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.